are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locks On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, this is going to be the hot stove special because MLB free agency finally started to heat up. It's been a crazy week, honestly, a lot of transactions. So we're just going to talk about it all, break it all down. But first, go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order because today's episode is brought to you by BuiltBar. So BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, I want to start off first by talking about more of the smaller moves that happened in free agency this past week and For the second half of this podcast, we'll talk about those bigger moves and those implications. But first, let's start with some of the smaller moves because, like I said, a lot has been going on in MLB free agency this past week. I mean, after months of waiting around, the hot stove is finally kicking up. So let's take a look at some of those smaller transactions or I don't even know if you can consider them small. But let's start off with this one. The Diamondbacks actually made a move and Yes, I know it's surprising to hear. It wasn't, you know, a big-time move or anything like that. It was a very uh, minuscule move. I mean, they signed Chris Devensky. If you even know who that is, reliever, they signed him to a minor league deal. So not even that big of a move. He's going to have to come in and compete for a role in the bullpen. But he's got some upside. Devensky has been struggling since 2018. 4-1-8 ERA in 2018. 4-8-3 ERA in 2019. And then 2020... He only managed to get 3.2 innings pitch before he had to undergo elbow surgery. And this guy, DaVinci, I say has some upside because back in 2017, this guy was an all-star. So, and that was back when he pitched for the Houston Astros. He's pitched for the Astros his whole career. But back in 2017, he was an all-star. He had a 2.68 ERA. And since then, he just hasn't been the same as I mentioned. He's dealt with the elbow issues this year. And his fastball velocity really took a dip this year. It was sitting about mid-90s, 94 miles per hour then dipped all the way to 92.9 miles per hour so we'll see if he can rediscover some of that velo when he's with the d-backs he's still only 30 years old so he's still a pretty young guy and d-backs they need relievers they need dudes in the back end of that bullpen and maybe davinsky could be some hidden gem he did uh save four games back in 2017 during that all-star year so I'm excited for Davinsky. I'm hoping he's better than uh, what's been advertised the last couple of seasons. Otherwise, this might be the biggest move of the offseason, even though it may not be a big move at all. Uh, the Twins, they're assigning J.A. Happ. 
Hap was, you know, pretty good actually in 2020, 347 ERA, but the man is going to be 38 years old. He's actually already 38 years old, so he's definitely on the back burner. The Twins want to pick him up. He's going to go in there, $8 million deal. He's going to be fighting for a spot in that rotation. He'll probably be behind Kenta Maeda, Jose Barrios, and Michael Pineda, but still, he's probably going to be the number four or five starter the twins don't seem like a team that's going to be uh i don't have high expectations for the twins this season i mean we saw the indians trade francisco lindor so maybe they will be a, a pretty good team i mean they were a pretty good team the last couple of seasons but they did get bounced in the wild card game they got swept in that wild card game and I, i'm just not a big believer in the twins but maybe J.A. Happ can prove me wrong. I mean, the Twins proved me wrong this season by making it to the playoffs and making it to the wild card round, even though they got swept by the Astros. So even though I'm not really in on this Twins team for next season, maybe J.A. Happ will be that missing piece of their number four or five starter and really help them get over the edge and maybe even make it to the second round of the playoffs. The Angels, they added some pitching. They went out there and signed Jose Quintana. So we can't say the Angels don't try to put pitching around Mike Trout anymore. But in all seriousness, Quintana is not exactly the same guy he used to be when he was an all-star with the White Sox. He had a 4.5 year rate with the Cubs this season, 4.68 last year, and it's been above four last three seasons. So he's still only 31 years old, but I don't think he's that flamethrower that he used to be he was never really a flamethrower his strikeouts per nine is only 7.9 for his career but he used to be a really high end pitcher really effective pitcher and he used to be what number two number three starter in your rotation now he's more of that number four or five guy and the angels are a team that needs help with pitching they that has been the biggest weakness for the Angels organization during the Mike Trout era. They could just never get him any pitching and it wasn't really any better last year. Dylan Bundy was a revelation. Griffin Canning's only 24 years old. They have some other young studs too. Jamie Berry looked interesting, but still, it's a lot of question marks surrounding that rotation and I think Jose Quintana at this point of his career is a question mark as well, but at least he has some veteran experience and him going in as your number four or five starter probably isn't the worst thing in the world now the uh i was gonna say the final transaction but i actually have two more i want to talk about this next one the blue jays they signed kirby yates to a free agent deal and this one i like just because he got poached away from the padres but he wasn't good at all in 2020 i don't know if you guys noticed he didn't pitch a lot uh, i believe he got hurt only had a 4.1 innings pitch but when he did he didn't look right he had a 12 4 6 era in the six games he pitched so it did not look right but if he could get back to that 2019 level when he was arguably the best closer in all of baseball 119 ERA led National League in saves with 41 2019 all-star ninth in Cy Young voting he was an absolute stud last year and I thought he was going to be a guy that, you know, pitched for the Padres for a long time. I thought maybe a lifer, maybe not even a lifer, but a guy who spent the majority of his career with the Padres. And I'm surprised they didn't, I'm surprised they didn't want to bring him back, honestly. I know he struggled in 2020, but considering the 2018 and 2019 season Kirby Yates had, I thought the Padres would want to rediscover what made Yates so great and see if they could bring that back in 2021. He's only getting about five and a half million dollars, so it's not like he's breaking the bank for the Blue Jays but to see a team like the Blue Jays uh because we'll talk about another one their signings I know you guys know 
who they just signed. But we'll talk about that signing in the second half. But for the Blue Jays, they get a guy like Kirby Yates, who has the potential to be arguably the best closer in the American League. I think that's huge for a team like the Blue Jays, who's pushing toward the postseason, who has young talent, who's been building through free agency in the draft the last few years. I like that signing. I don't think it's breaking the bank. And I think the Blue Jays are on the rise. And we're going to talk about the big transaction that they had yesterday. So stay tuned for that in segment number two. But the final transaction I want to talk about, Michael Brantley re-signed with the Houston Astros. This was a guy I really had my eyes on for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I really love Michael Brantley. I feel like he's been an underrated player throughout his career. He's a guy that can hit for average, get on base, got some pop, got some speed. He's a little bit older now. He's like 35 years old. He's 33, actually. The injuries have been creeping up on him a little bit. Uh, he's been pretty healthy in 2018, 2019. Only played 46 games in 2020, but we saw him in 2016, 2017 deal with some injuries, and he did miss a little bit of time, I believe, this season. But when he's on the field, he's one of the best hitters and on base, uh, you know, uh, and one of the best players at getting on base in all of baseball. He's been an MVP guy. He's been a silver slugger. He's a four-time All-Star. He's someone I want the D-backs to really go out there and get. And I'm not too sure. It seems like he's getting a two-year, eight, uh, two-year, thirty-two million dollar deal. So. That's way outside the D-backs price range because they're not paying anyone more than what Bumgarner is getting right now. But for two years, I don't mind loading up a contract. And the D-backs still need to address their center field. So I was hoping they do it with Michael Brantley, but it doesn't look like they are. And I, I'm still hoping the D-backs have another move up their sleeve. I think Davinsky has a chance to be really good for the team. I like his upside, but... That's not enough if the D-backs really want a, a chance at competing for the postseason in 2021. Now we'll get into all the major free agent signings and trades that have happened in this past week. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more approved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. The reason why I love Built Bars is because I'm a health-conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, but Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. That's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Are we ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are just finishing up, but there's still a few more games left. And there is only one place as you covered and one place you trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. I'm be betting on... Packers versus Bucks. Tom Brady is going to win his seventh Super Bowl. Bet on it. Bet on it. Bet on it. Now, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner on Twitter at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's discuss those big free agent transactions and trades because it's been a busy week, as I said, in the MLB hot stove. And the first one that I want to talk about, where should we start? I think I'm going to first start with this one. The Padres, once again, making moves out here. If you guys didn't see, the Padres landed Joe Musgrove from the Pirates and they gave up Joey Lachesi, they gave up their number seven prospect, and then they gave up two more prospects who were like outside of their top 15. So the Padres, once again, didn't have to give up a Mackenzie Gore. They didn't have to give up one of their top five prospects in their organization. And I really respect A.J. Preller, their GM, for what he's been able to do. I Like I said, I keep saying it on this podcast, I'm all about acquiring starting level talent major league talent, established talent, and that's what the Padres have been doing. And to get a guy like Joe Musgrove, who is going to be what? Their number four starter? Number five starter? I mean, Mike Clevenger is going to be out. They traded Zach Davies, but they still have Hugh Darvish. They got Blake Snell. They got uh, Denelson Lamette, Chris Paddock. So that Padres rotation is stacked. I don't care what they gave up. People like the return that the Pirates got back. They think they got back a nice return in terms of prospects. Uh, I think it's headlined by outfielder Hudson Head. But I, I don't, or excuse me, it might have been Hudson Head or Omar Cruz. I can't exactly remember which of those two uh, was the headliner in this deal. But I don't think it really matters, honestly. And it was Hudson Head. He's the headliner. Here's the number seven prospect for uh, the Padres organization. But still, it doesn't matter about any of these prospects. I don't care. The Pirates just gave up a 24-year-old pitcher. What's better than that? Why would you need a prospect? Musgrove is 24. He's ascending. He's been in the major leagues. Uh, he's been in the major leagues for a minute now, and he's getting better every season. Now he gets to go to the Padres and figure out how to be the number four or five starter there. That's insane to think about. And this Pirates excuse me, not Pirates, this Padres rotation, this Padres lineup, it just keeps getting better. And I'm not sure they're done making moves. It seems like the Padres still want to go out there and keep you know, building around that team. I don't know what other deals they have up their sleeves, but considering I don't think anyone saw the Blake Snell, Blake Snell deal coming, uh, I guess Darvish had some rumors, but I didn't see this move coming. So all these deals that the Padres have been getting done, they've been under the radar, they've been underreported, and they're just sneaking by these teams. And right now, the NL West is just stirring up drama in baseball because they're making all the moves outside of the Blue Jays. The NL West is getting it done. And if you guys didn't see, another NL West team is thinking about making a big, uh, big splash because the Los Angeles Dodgers are kicking the tires on Trevor Bauer. I don't think there's anyone on the Dodgers roster who was signed beyond 2022 outside of Mookie Betts. So the Dodgers might be looking at giving a Trevor Bauer one of those short-term but high average annual contract kind of deals. They might go three years, $75 million. And if you add Trevor Bauer to that rotation that the Dodgers already have, it would just be unfair to baseball. I mean, imagine Walker Bueller as probably your number one. You got Clayton Kershaw probably as your number two. Then who do you want to go with number three? Julio Urias. You also got Tony Gonsolin. You got uh, you also have Trevor, or not Trevor May, Dustin May. So you're going to have five legit starters that are just nasty. And a guy like May or Gonsolin could be, what, number three guys? Maybe number two guys? 
in other situations, and they're going to be the number four or five guys if they got a guy like Trevor Bauer. So I, that would be a scary sight to see the, the Dodgers get Trevor Bauer. And I'm not trying to see it. I want my D-backs to, you know, come alive. I want my D-backs to be competitive. And the way the, the Dodgers and Padres are making moves, they're not really giving anyone in baseball a chance to be competitive if you're not a... Uh, if you're not outside the National League, uh, maybe the D-backs should do what the Astros did a few years ago and switch over to the American League. At least you'll get a full-time DH. But the Dodgers are making moves out here. The Padres are making moves. And like I said, there is another team also making moves. So I said we'll talk about in this second half of the podcast. And that is the Toronto Blue Jays. Kirby Yates wasn't enough for the Toronto Blue Jays. And now they've inked one of the biggest free agents on the market, arguably the biggest free agent on the market, George Springer. And this guy, he's everything the Blue Jays would want. George Springer is a offensive beast. He's also a good defensive player. And he has something that the Blue Jays don't have, postseason experience. And he even knows a, you know, a few tricks to help your chances once you get to the postseason. But all in all, George Springer, career 270 hitter, career 361 OBP, career 852 OPS. The guy's got pop. He had 39 home runs in 2019, made three straight all-stars from 2017 to 2019. He's 31 years old, so six-year deal. That'll take him to about 37 years old. I don't mind paying that. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm looking at my team. I think my window's the next four to five years. If I'm the Blue Jays, I got a pretty young roster. I have a lot of young talent. I just need to add that elite level veteran leadership and talent around my young core. And that's what the Blue Jays are doing. They got guys like uh, Kevon Biggio. They got Bo Bichet. They got a nice little outfield mix that now you throw George Springer in there and one of them moves to the DH and you got a stacked lineup. I mean, all three of the outfielders last year had double digit home runs. Just think about that. And so now you add Joe, uh, now you add George Springer into the mix, put one of them at DH. That Blue Jays lineup is going to have immense power next season. And I forgot to mention Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's the youngest one of their bunch in that core, only 21 years old, still a couple years younger than me, which is pretty crazy to think about. And I like the Blue Jays, I like their team. But the one reason why I can't say they will be a playoff team next year, they very well could be. They, they look arguably like the best team in the American League East. But the one reason why I can't definitively call them a playoff team next season is because they're going to try and start Robbie Ray as one of their five rotation members next year. If Robbie Ray is one of your five members in your starting rotation, you're not making the postseason. I'm sorry. I have no faith in your team. I have no faith in your ability to build a team, even though I really like this Blue Jays team. I'm just over Robbie Ray. I'm over the Robbie Ray experience, and I'm glad he's out the D-backs organization. He was a guy I was super high on. I mean, we saw him. He pitched like an all-star a few years ago, and he's just been regressing ever since, and he was just downright downright atrocious last year with the D-backs, and he had a little bit of a resurgent with the Blue Jays, but still. If you're starting Robbie Wright, you're not going to be a postseason team. But that will actually probably come back to bite me in the butt. I'm sure they will be a postseason team, but I just want to hate on Robbie Ray just a little bit. But you gotta lo- you gotta be happy right now if you're a Blue Jays fan. Your team is on the up and up. You signed a uh, Hyjin Ryu last offseason, Cy Young Award winner. Now you get George Springer. 
Uh, maybe they'll bring Taiwan Walker back, but you got a young core here. You're adding that veteran leadership and talent. And that veteran talent is all-star level talent and better. So this Blue Jays team is exciting. And I'm and I'm very curious to see what they do next year, especially what Robbie Ray does next season. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Don't forget to come back later in the week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!